started and grown several multi-million dollar businesses. His mission is to help you do the same. Welcome to the Business Growth Pod, building the future one entrepreneur at a time. And so, but we work with a lot of startups and usually what we do, Alan, is we build the growth on a foundation of their reputation. Are they good at what they do? And are they good in their heart too? Do they have integrity? I work with a lot of service-based businesses and many of them are, most of them are contractors, plumbers, electricians, home builders, remodelers, all kinds of those type of contractors. And there are many of these people are just as dishonest as the day is long. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I'm Alan. I'm a family man, an attorney, and an entrepreneur. Each week, we provide resources and advice to help build your business. Are you ready? Then let's go. Hey everyone, welcome to the Business Growth Pod. I'm Alan Draper. You guys hear from me quite a bit. I'm excited about our guest today. Before we get to him, Make sure to leave me a review and make sure to subscribe to this podcast. Whatever platform that you're listening to it on, go ahead and make sure to subscribe or follow. That way, you will be notified when any new episodes drop. So our guest today is Tim Redman. I already like this guy. I got a chance to chat with him for just a couple of minutes before we're, we're getting started here. He's the CEO of Redman Growth Consulting, which is an organization designed to help grow profits, grow businesses, and grow your life through his unique and innovative coaching processes. This is also cool. Check this out. Tim runs a nonprofit, the Redmond Leadership Institute, that trains pastors, business leaders, and government officials in developing countries. Very cool. He works with all kinds of business owners within a variety of beliefs. And for those who request it, he provides a biblical framework around every growth principle that he implements, which is interesting. Welcome to the show, Tim. Yes, it's great to be here. This is really an honor to be part of your podcast here. Yeah. Well, you know, I read a little bit about you and, and your experience and your background, and I'm interested to kind of get involved in that a little bit, find out a little bit more about you. What is it that, you know, kind of made you wake up one day and say, Hey, I'm going to help people grow their businesses? Well, I tell you what was really interesting here, Alan, is I had grown this company, the software company. And we sold it to Intuit. And then I came on board with Intuit to help transition our clients over there. And after that, I like graduated from corporate and started this nonprofit and was traveling around teaching a lot of the lessons I learned in the 15 years of growing the software company from two of us to about 350 people, 40 million a year in sales. And so, you know, I would do seminars in churches and uh, business conferences, sometimes with government entities in countries all over the world. And they would come up to me afterwards and they would ask me, well, you know, can you help me with my business deal? I've got a question on this. And I'll sometimes I'd sit down for a half hour with them and give them coaching, not knowing that other people bought, you know, they actually had a business that they got paid for this. So I remember doing a, what we call a marketplace ministry in a church up in Ontario. And a couple came up to me and says, do you coach? You offer coaching? And I go, yes, (laughs) in the spot. 
and uh, just came up with some kind of program. And that, that really began the coaching. So it kind of bit me in the rear, if you will. But I love what I'm doing. I feel the smile of God is much on me. Like I was just talking to a plumber that a couple of years ago, he was making about $3,000 a month in profit just to provide for his family, which is, was hard to do that. And now I, I just talked to him. He's like, he's consistently topping over $30,000 a month in profits. And so I love this kind of process. I love the results I'm able to help people. Get. Yeah, no, I, I know the feeling. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I'm kind of getting into this space of angel investing, but... Uh, yeah, I love reading about you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm passionate about helping people start their businesses. I've been able to scale a couple of successful businesses. No exits for me so far. Still own all of them. And so it's great to see that you know you and I do it for free. Um, I don't even monetize this podcast. And it's really cool to see that you kind of... Don't talk to my clients, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I doubt that I'm at you know, your level for several reasons. But it's very cool that you you did it you know, you just started doing it and you're like, oh, wait, like people charge for this. This is, you know, which shows that you have a lot of value to add. So with these businesses, where do you start with them? I speak a lot to beginning entrepreneurs, people that are six months before starting their business up until a couple of years after where they're really starting to scale. What value do you add to that group? Well, I usually work with people that at least have their business going. And so, but we work with a lot of startups and usually what we do, Alan, is we build the growth on a foundation of their reputation. Are they good at what they do? And are they good in their heart too? Do they have integrity? I work with a lot of service-based businesses and many of them are, most of them are contractors, plumbers, electricians, home builders, remodelers, all kinds of those type of contractors. And there are many of these people are just as dishonest as the day is long. They would lie to their own or steal from their own grandmother, you know, some of them. And so I'm not knocking the industry, it's just some of the people. And so we take those people that have got a good heart and they got a good hand. You know, they're, they're good at what they do, but it comes from a good heart. And we build their growth on reputation. And so there's there's a lot of uh, plates we get spinning. There's some tech stuff. We're a do it for and a do it with coaching organization. So we're doing a lot of the work for them because they're really busy doing it. But it's just many of it, they built a good reputation with people one-on-one, -on -one, but nobody else sees it. Nobody else is aware of it. So that's what we, some of the first things that we help do with the uh, these newer businesses. So how do you help a business kind of you know, put those types of characteristics out in the public without sounding, you know, it's like, I think it would be tough for me to say, yeah, I'm a pretty humble person, right? Because then the moment that you say it, it's like, how do businesses put that out there? Hey, we work with integrity, you know, and this is how do you do it in a way that it actually carries some weight versus it's just somebody bragging about themselves? No, this is such a good question, Alan. So I go from a, uh, an ancient king that wrote a book called Proverbs. And he said in there, one of the Proverbs is, don't praise yourself, let other people do it for you. So what we do is we create these venues where there's public 
places where the owners don't have access. It's not their website. They don't have access to change people's opinion, but they get a whole bunch of people's opinion about their business and how they do business, the quality of their work. We get that in a public forum. Most frequently, we use the Google business listing and we get Google reviews. Like if you look at Redmond Growth Consulting, I've got over 400 Google reviews uh, that are five star. So, and these are business owners. Now there's a couple of scammers in there that we haven't been able to track them down that have given us like a one star review of one or two people. I actually took the time to hunt them down and say, Hey, you know, what can we do? But most of the others are four and fives, most of them fives. And these are actual business owners that says, you know what? Like we had one guy from San Antonio. He was uh, an electrician. He said, you guys are real. You, he's at our conference table. And I sat down just to introduce myself to him. And uh, he said, you guys are real. I go, well, yeah. What do you mean real? Well, I said, you know, there's four other marketing companies I work with that they promised me the moon and we didn't even get across the street. So, yeah, I said, we work hard, but, you know, we know that I used to just do coaching, Alan, where I just like do these seven things and squat would get done. (laughs) Just nothing would get done. So it's like, well, let me build a team where we take care of their website. We optimize their SEO. We build their ads. We help build the reputation. We do a lot of the email. We do a lot of the work for them and with them to make sure it gets done. Because they're so busy, especially early on. I mean, the people watching this that are new startups, they're so busy just trying to, I mean, their hair is on fire and they're trying to make it through the end of the week, you know, without getting destroyed. So that's why we help them out that way. So Love it. Yeah. So what are the struggles that early businesses find with kind of separating themselves in the marketplace? Yeah. You know, one of the things is, first of all, again, building the reputation with other people's opinion. But another thing, there's a, you know, Seth Gooden wrote a book 20 years ago called The Purple Cow. And he said in that, he said, you know, if you're not remarkable, you're invisible. And so we work with these plumbers or these electricians or these contractors of some kind. And there's hundreds of them, like in the Phoenix area where you are, there's there's hundreds of all those in, in the areas. So how do you stand out? So we'll take time to really determine, well, what is their purple cow? What makes them stand out? What do they do that causes people to say, hmm, I like that. You know, let me talk to a couple of people that you've helped to make sure that you're not just making up stuff. And so we help them really get super clear on why should somebody choose you instead of choosing these 956 other people that are available. And that's really important. What's really important as well, Alan, is, you know, there's uh, me being an entrepreneur, you can probably relate to this. I mean, there's I've got some serious ADD issues, you know, attention deficit disorder. And my wife sometimes says, well, yeah, you just feel like you're lacking attention. So you try to, get, you know, try to be the life of the party. And it's not so much that it's like, you know, look at the squirrel, you know, and just for so many plates spinning, you know, how do you get people focused? And so we have a whole process called power planning. It's a very simple 
process to really just get a grip on your day and decide what you are going to do and really get clear on what you're not going to do because there's so many things that come at you. So that's another key point. Yeah. And it's very common for entrepreneurs to be distracted on a number of levels. You know, when you first start a business, there's so much coming at you that it's just natural, right? And I always tell people, I'm glad I didn't know what it would take to start my first business. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have done it because you get a couple of years in and you're still like trying to, you know, go back to square one and figure things out. Another reason why entrepreneurs get distracted is because we're always looking for good ideas. I'm really bad at that. And I actually have specific goals with how many people I tell no to and just limiting my opportunities because there's so much. I think it's just part of our personality. It's like, oh, okay, what's that idea? That's a great idea. Maybe I should do that. And it's so important for entrepreneurs to focus. And I always tell people that when they're first getting started, I'm like, niche down as specific as you can get, right? Focus. And you can always scale out, right? But niche down, find both in terms of the service that you offer the folks that you're marketing to, you know, niche down and say, Hey, I am. And that's one way that I've found that these early entrepreneurs, these young business owners can do to stand out. You were talking about how you stand out, you know, among the 950 others. And I have several service businesses. So I'm very familiar with this process. And one way to do that is to focus on a niche. Now it's really tempting for early entrepreneurs because they're like, look at, I'm just trying to keep the lights on. I'll take anything that comes in, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't market and don't set yourself in that position where you're like, yeah, I'm an expert at everything. Yes. So this may be helpful to the folks that are watching this, Alan, is I like to say this, that you extend your reach by narrowing your focus. So get really good at one thing. We had some folks come in from... Louisiana or Texas, maybe in Texas, East Texas, and they have a unique thing. And we find out they've got a $1.9 million business and they want to grow up to 5 million and way beyond. So that's the mainstay of what we do. We do work with new businesses too, if they're ready to move quick. But anyway, one of the purple cows that we identified with these guys is they're the only ones in the country that do the specific thing they do, which is some kind of nitrogen. I don't even know. I, you know, it's uh, one of the other coaches took it, but I, they came into the office to check us out. Like, are you guys real? But it's really getting that focus and getting really good at one thing. And, you know, you may have to take jobs that are outside of that one main thing, but just really get focused on that one thing and be willing to narrow it down. It doesn't limit your options. It actually multiplies your options. It's just the opposite of what people think. So what do you say to somebody that they're working in a specific sector, right? They're experts in that area. Do you recommend that they use social media, they use their websites to target that area? Or do they not put it out there as publicly? How does that work? Because I could see a business owner saying, well, yeah, but I actually have clients you know, before now that they're in a different industry. And if, if they see me marketing this specific industry that I, you know, this is my focus, how's that going to make them feel? Yeah. Well, most of those people won't pay attention to what you're doing 
I mean, everybody's so busy living their own lives. I wouldn't be as concerned. I tell people just calm down, you know, cool your jets, put your shorts back. <laughs> you know, it's just people probably won't notice as much. It's only if they ask you and you're not available or the quality of your work starts to degrade, you, know, you just show up all the way with that. Now, we help people in very specific niche marketing through a number of ways of building that reputation, but building on that, there are just countless hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars being wasted on Facebook ads and Google AdWords and you know paid ads, that kind of thing. We have a concept, we call it Dream 100 Marketing, where we really focus on a smaller group of people. And we just keep hammering on that smaller group of people until that breaks out and is actually a hundred percent of the time it's effective. It's the most, one of the most effective ways of expanding a business that's got a specialty, but it's just really making sure you narrow your focus on who you're going after. Is it a client that wants that service? Is it a client that can pay what you want to charge for that service? And then you get focused at just staying in front of those people. It's hard work. It's easy to walk away from. It's easy to come up with excuses on why you have to be busy doing this or that. But it's like, you know, fall in love with your wallet enough to you know, focus on those few things that really make a difference. Yeah, no, I think one of the, the biggest issues is, you know, them focusing on, you know, this particular segment or demographic, and then maybe a big fish from a different industry comes in and then they just question everything. They're like, wait, we just, you know, maybe doubled our revenue from one client that's outside of our, you know, quote unquote target area. At that point, would you recommend that they kind of revisit what their target demographic is? Or do you say, hey, double down, let's keep the course? That's the latter is what I recommend almost a hundred percent of the time. There is so much money to be generated and so much customer satisfaction to be generated in your core business. There are opportunities hiding in plain sight and there's plenty of work for those that hustle. What we do is we become afraid of things that haven't happened yet. Now, we may have like 300 clients that we service during the year, and we may have lost one client to somebody else, and it was like the sky is falling. Well, double down on that and get that much better on it. You know, I talk about with a lot of our clients that talk a lot about having the two mindsets is either an owner's mindset or a worker's mindset. So I say, you know, you're responding like you're a worker. And an owner has a longer term perspective. They don't need that immediate gratification of, you know, I've got to make that 20% profit or, you know, I'm just going to die. And so it's hanging in there and being tough when results from your labors are not as immediate. It's kind of like what Jim Collins talks about in Good to Great is that you got to keep pushing on that flywheel to get momentum going. And then eventually there's enough momentum that you're hardly even creating any external pressure at all because the momentum of the business really begins to take care of a lot of things. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. And it's so hard for early business owners because especially startup businesses or people that are... This is their first go around because 
they're nervous. They're scared. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't necessarily have the vision or the experience where they're like, okay, I'm just going to keep pushing. You know, I'm not seeing the results, but I'm going to keep pushing. I'm, I'm not seeing results after a couple of months. I'm just going to keep pushing. But that concept from good to great, which is one of my top five business books of all time, I read it at least once every other year, if not every year. Jim Collins is one of my, I consider him one of my mentors, but that concept is so true that. And it's funny because I own 23 businesses and each year I start another couple or I invest in a couple more. And it still happens to me where I recently I'm developing a software right now. And it's like, just keep the focus. I have to keep telling myself that because it's so hard for us when we're starting because we don't see the path. How can early entrepreneurs, what can they do to kind of see the path so they keep at that flywheel? They know that their effort right now, even though they're not seeing the results, will eventually yield some of those? Well, there's a couple of things that come to mind on that, Alan. And first of all, you know, do they have a daily ritual where they're reviewing their goals, they're reviewing their vision? I believe in giving words to it, to speak from a place of authority. You know, like you get to an emotional state where you're built up and then you just begin to speak your vision. And another thing here is that same very wise king wrote, he said, in the multitude of counselors or safety. And it's not just, you know, everybody's got an opinion. So that's not the counselors is talking about, but it's really referring to experts in the field. You need counsel. You want to get that counsel. And so I started a coaching business because, you know, people kind of pulled it out of me. And I realized in my career of going from a CPA at PricewaterhouseCoopers to growing the software company to work in the ministry that I did and work with John Maxwell and other people. And all that I've done along the way is I've had mentors, I've had coaches. And so I believe that, you know, these guys can get a coach like yourself or like what we do, where there's wise counsel you know, I, I have helped over 2000 businesses in dramatic results. And these are one on one, you know, with my team of coaches. So we've already solved whatever problem you're running into. We've already solved that 150 times already with other clients. So it's good to get wise counsel and somebody that you've given permission to give you a kick in the rear, kick in the boot. Just get up, straighten up. Quit wimping out, quit being victimized by it. You know, the kite stays in the air because of the resistance of the spring. And, you know, don't rob yourself of what made others so great, which is having to overcome stuff. You know, it's not a curse. It's a blessing is the way I look at it. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And we're running short on time here, Tim. But one last question that I have for you. What is the significance of marrying a purpose to a marketing or to the functionality of the business? Why is it important for a business to have a higher purpose than just generating revenue in the potential outcome of that business? Yeah. Well, the business to really have it grow to the capacity it's able to, it requires a lot out of you. And most businesses in the history of mankind are barely successful enough just to get by. Uh, most businesses are struggling. You know, I mean, there's way more than 
And so for you to give it the heart and soul that it deserves and the nurturing that's required, it's good to have a purpose greater than just trying to make a buck. Because if you're just making a buck, you're going to get easily distracted. You know, there are people attached to your business that desperately need your creative compassion, your tenacity. They're attached to you overcoming the thing that you're struggling to overcome right now. And so see it through and know that that purpose is deeper than the profits. It's just going to pick you up if you really think about it and just you make it that much more important. I love it. And I can tell that you're a purpose-driven coach and entrepreneur. I can tell. I can feel it. So where can my listeners go to learn more about all the great things that you and your team, you guys are accomplishing? Well, if they will mention your name or mainly Becky's name, no, if they will mention the the Andrever podcast, we provide a what we call a growth plan. And it's a very involved plan that we look at their business, the strengths, the weaknesses, their local market, uh, the strengths and weaknesses. So, and then we take a look at where you want to go with this business. And we actually create a detailed plan with concrete action items enough for you to get to a three year revenue goal. We promise people that it generates at least a hundred thousand dollars of additional profits in the first year. And so we normally charge $2,500 for that. But if they'll mention you and or mention this podcast, we will give those people, if they have a legitimate business, we'll give those people, we'll waive the $2,500 fee and give them the full growth plan just as our way of saying thanks to you, Alan, and uh, for this podcast. They can send me a, an email directly. It's Tim at Redmond Growth. That's R-E-D-M-O-N-D, Growth. Or you can look up Redmond Growth Consulting. You can look at that up in Google. Uh, we're based in Tulsa, but we have clients all over. They can email me or if they find the Google My Business. That's my cell phone on there. I just like to get those. I don't do much of the coaching, but I still like to talk to people that are looking around wanting to make a difference in their business. So I'd love to hear from them and I'd love to be able to help them out. And I'd love to be able to figure out a way to work with you here. You, you're impressive. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, it's been a pleasure, Tim. I can tell that you have passion about business, which, you know, I certainly do. And, you know, your knowledge is extensive. So thanks so much for joining us today and best of luck. Thank you. Appreciate it, Alan. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us a rating. And for daily inspiration and business tips, follow Alan on Instagram. Until next time, remember, we build the future one entrepreneur at a time.